We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! How good you guys! And welcome to another episode of the Golden Bears podcast, The Bearcast. I'm your host. Rob Hong with my co-host Andy. Hello, hello. How you doing? Excellent. It was a it was an eventful day to say the least. It was um, a glorious day. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The Warriors won. Um, that was a, was a blowout. That wasn't even. I don't. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that was fun to watch in that game was Steph Curry in the third quarter scored seventeen points or something like that, and. You were, you were super kind and allowed me the, the additional time to watch the game, and I repaid you by going out and playing tennis. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. Everyone needs their t- – I mean, I watched the game, so that, that was uh, – I mean, to see Steph Curry shoot that three and then not even watch it go in and just stare Ibaka down, <laughs> who went to block him, that was just – I awesome. mean, I don't – The guy's on another planet. He's, he's from another planet, and <laughs> – he, I mean, he uh, what was, he was uh, 28, po- 28 points on fifteen shots. Yeah. Uh, the night after Russell Westbrook said that Steph Curry wasn't anything special. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't add fuel to the fire that's already burning. Like, and that thing is like a bonfire that's already burning. We don't need gasoline on top of that. They're, they're <laughs> angry. They play angry all the time. LeBron opening his mouth about what valuable means. Why you throw coals onto that fire is beyond me. They're already mad. They yeah. won 73 games because generally they pointed to the fact that people doubted them um, after last season and talked about not, like, not having injuries in the postseason and Kyrie going down and Kay, like Kevin Love going down. Yeah, you I mean, just got a really pissed off, excellent NBA team coming at you. That's yeah. awesome they won by 30 or however I, much. I do understand LeBron's point from his perspective, not about Curry, but about his own MVP thing and how he didn't get a unanimous vote. Like, just some guy just (laughs) decided not to vote for him, so he didn't get that. So I understand his point. I mean, he had, before Curry, he had one of the most efficient and most, like, prolific seasons ever. Ever. Yeah. Like, when he won that year. I remember that. I think... 
he has his he has his valid points. Of what he said was fair. Yeah. And the other side of it, I'm not so convinced of. He's essentially saying he's using the A Rod argument from back when he was A Rod was on. <laughs> wasn't he on the Rangers? He and, was. Or he was either on the Rangers or the Yankees, and they're like saying that. Oh uh, yeah, was it A Rod? Yeah, it was like A Rod versus um, Soriano, and they're saying that Soriano was more valuable because the Rangers were terrible and would have been more terrible. And then A Rod on the Yankees had a massive team around him. In my opinion, though. Watching the Warriors, which we both got to enjoy against the Trailblazers without oh, yeah. Curry, yeah. and then with Curry, is enough to know how valuable he is to that team. Yeah, yeah. But I'm with you. It wasn't as bad as the media made it out to be, but Steph's response was pure gold. Yeah, I mean, it, it just he if he brought it up, like let's say at any other point in time, like I don't think it would have been an issue, right? It's just it just so happened that it was like the day or the day after like the MVP announcement and then he was talking about the unanimous vote and so on and so forth so Brown's got a he's got a flavor for for timing yeah, I mean he likes to be the villain he likes he, he's taken up the villain mantle from Kobe he's become that so ever since the I'm taking my talents to South Beach um, so. and then the Nike ad oh. <laughs> which by the way he's now a he's now a billionaire just by an endorsement yeah, I heard that today. Yeah. What is that? Nike just dropped him a $1 billion endorsement deal. Really? I thought they already had him for life. What else did he need? I don't... I Maybe don't go to Under Armour? <laughs> Here's a billion dollars. Don't go to Under Armour. We recently lost them to Cal, oh. so uh, we're really nervous now. Oh. And what's the deal with the... We can talk about this later, but I'd love to pick your brain about the UCLA... Under Armour Adidas battle going down. Yes, we will. What that means for our program. Too. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that at the very end in the miscellaneous section. Love it. Uh, but for now, let's move on. Let's talk about some Cal football stuff. Uh, first of all, quarterback Davis Webb, Texas Tech graduate, the graduate transfer is official now. He is coming to Cal. He Go will, Bears! Oh yeah. Um, as we said last week, uh, what was it? Forty-four or forty-five touchdown to the twenty-two interceptions over his career at Texas Tech. Um, he would come in, only have one year of eligibility left, be able to play right away. Um, if this doesn't say that that they want one of the young guns to take over starting next season, I don't know what does. Like I don't, I don't see this in any other way. It's one of those come in, play with these young wide receivers, this really good, decent O line that we're gonna have, and you know the the running backs that are power and speed all right behind you, and keep us good irrelevant over that one year that we make this transition to a young quarterback so you think um, that he comes in has one year and then we pass to potentially gilliam and let me know if i pronounce that right yeah. <laughs> i've always wondered <laughs> i think and, it is uh, it's gilliam i think it's gilliam you uh, got it right yeah i'm gonna call him gilly from here on out <laughs> or viramontes or, yeah, or is bowers. It bowers i mean i think it's any of those three guys right um but Okay. I mean, who's to say Tate Martell might not come in and he might, you know. But and that was a really good conversation today, too, that yeah. we had. Um, but I think regardless, um, whichever of those guys end up becoming the long-term starter, I think this is a good stopgap year type of thing. You know, we had Jared for the last three years. We still have the O-line. We still have the running backs. We just reloaded on our wide receivers. Like, everything's the same. Pretty much, except the quarterback position is the only little question mark we had. And 
what better way to solve a question mark than a guy who had three years of experience in pretty much the same offense down in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, so last week I talked about how I wasn't sold on his arm quite a bit or his throwing motion, but watching his highlights of his career rather than just the Holiday Bowl, it looked a lot better. They're easy passes, but the offense is designed for easy Easy throws. It's that Jared was the one who changed that. And he had a couple nice over-the-shoulder, like, long throws downfield. But for the most part, you have, you know, an O-line letting the defense in and a running back popping out and throwing, dumping off a pass. Great. Do that efficiently, and I think you'll be great. We just need yards. That's all we need. We just need yards. With the the dynamic pieces that we've been able to acquire, Stovall, um, and if we can get them the ball with space, and as Sonny said, that's what we did not have and haven't had truly since you know he's been here. So to bring in that type of player mm-hmm. could be pretty electric. Yeah. Um, the thing that really stood out to me about Davis Webb was the fact that Mel Kuyper had him listed at number one overall for the NFL-ready prospects that are seniors this upcoming season. Wow. Did not have any idea he was, he was in that type of category, albeit there's a lot more talent coming up from the juniors, like who stays for their senior year. Yeah. Um, but that's big. That's yeah. big time. Yeah, that is big time. And, I mean, you have a guy who, you know, I think kind of has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He, he got through the injuries down at Texas Tech. He has the – we didn't really – like we didn't really play to our full potential and win big games, and for him to come to the Pac-12 and where he can sling it as much as he wants, like I mean, the the Jake Rudock experiment at Michigan that went pretty well this year. Yeah, you know, and why not? Why not come here and play that one year in the same system that you already know, and have all these guys that you can throw to that can make the catches and make you look good. Like you can you can throw it about two yards, but if he can gain twenty yards from that catch that you threw two yards, that makes you look good. Do you remember when BYU BYU's coach after they beat us, garbage, um, called actually before I think the game, but he called Jared a system quarterback. Yeah, that's how that happens. But um, <laughs> I I think ultimately I agree. I think there's so much talent on the offensive side of this ball. And it's so cool right now yeah. with Cal to see the momentum we've built. Someone said it today, and I looked at the comment, and I was like, yes. And they, what they said was, it finally feels like Cal is a destination that people want to go to. Yeah. And for us, it's like, of course it is. <laughs> we've been we, there. We, we all know. want them to come. <laughs> we know that this place is magical and special and not only can deliver a world-class education, but also just has such an awesome culture all around it, whether it's sports or the greater area as a whole. But to have other people start appreciating that, to have momentum going into the program, man, December, with all that madness, feels like a, a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, wait, Sonny was looking for, around for another job? What? When was that? <laughs> I mean, I, if I ever, I mean, if I ever get into a job where I have to sell Cal, I feel like 
Man, that could be running with fire with that one. How much fun would that be? I mean, Come talk to me about the best university in the world. And this is and the crazier part is guys like Peeler that sell the school and sell the football program. They didn't even go to college here. Like it's you know like you know guys. Um, like Tosh, like, yeah, Tosh yeah. had it made. He, yeah, he came up. Um, yeah, great point. Exactly, and and but then these guys are selling the school without like having any previous relationship with the school or knowing about it. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane to me. How good they are to see it to meet like Demetrius Robertson and um, to have that type of response. And feels like every week now we've had a different person committing. Not to get too far out in front, but. Um, that momentum is rare. I think we talked about this last season where we started to build a recruiting class in the summer, whereas the previous recruiting class was very much built in the fall and the winter. Um, and then Sonny's first class was pretty much entirely built in <laughs> January. So that we have um, some of these like cycles or the recruiting cycle is beginning earlier. We have people committing earlier, which as we know, they're high schoolers and they might go anywhere, but it's a whole different type of feel. I've heard more. I'll be, I'm not checking into Oregon stuff, but I met with my buddy who was a diehard Oregon fan last week, and I'm sure he's going to be upset I'm bringing this up, but he doesn't have anything to talk to me about Oregon football. In fact, he said pretty blatantly, my other friend who went to Oregon, uh, said that they don't really expect to do that well, whereas we're over here, and it's just bang, bang. Exactly. Get me into Cal football season, and let's have some real roast duck this year. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at the recruiting stuff. It, it happens in cycles, right? It's, I mean, of course, recruiting is a cycle, but in terms of, like, you have your highs and you have your lows. You look four years ago, Oregon was the destination to go. Like, that was the spot when Chip Kelly was there, right? That was, mm-hmm. like, I don't, if, you know, if I was a recruit and I got an offer from Oregon, I would... That would have looked pretty nice to me, you know, playing in that. If I was an offensive player playing in that offense, getting all those jerseys, like, you know, all of that stuff, playing on the West Coast, like. Star on campus. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? But now it's it's kind of coming down. And I think I think the, the, more, the more you go in terms of the younger the kids or the, the younger the kids get and so on and so forth. And we're starting earlier now, right? You see kids like in eighth grade getting um, offers and so on and so forth. So I think those kids start to understand a little bit earlier that maybe education is a bigger part. It's not just about the athletics. Like, what if I don't make the NFL? I think that's more of a question now. I'm uh, Granted, if you have the – you need to have the, the self-pride or the, the confidence to say, I'm going to get to the NFL. Like, you want that in any player, right? But you also want them to think smart and think of a contingency plan just in case that doesn't happen because not everything's going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. I think that's an excellent point. And on top of it, too, is as the awareness behind the concussions and the injuries that can happen with college football in particular in the NFL comes to fruition and you have players that are retiring early, yep. four years is not a career. Four years is a, a stint, and um, that might be more on the mind of these kids than ever. It's hard to say that it'll be on everyone's, but that is a really cool point that you brought up, and I think I was wondering, I was going to ask actually openly why that shift was taking place, 
And I don't think it's that Oregon is necessarily slip. I think, yeah, they might be coming down to earth a little bit. And then also the separation of Cal from moving away from Nike to being with Under Armour, albeit we're going to talk once again about that UCLA stuff. But to have more of our, we got our own facilities that look awesome in our previous facilities. Oh my Lord. Yeah. And um, to have, it just feels like more of an actual, dare I say, program that is very well established versus, uh, you know, I guess it maybe felt a little bit behind. Anyways, I'm moving away from the main point, but I think you brought up a really excellent point that the frame of mind that someone or a recruit might be evaluating programs on is is rapidly changing. Yeah, I think the landscape is just changing more towards, like, what if my future, so on and so forth, and... I mean, look at a guy like Davis Webb. I mean, he, he could have easily just stayed, you know, at Texas Tech, right? He didn't need to transfer elsewhere. Um, but he had Colorado, may- too. Exactly. Maybe it was the I – mean, I mean, we won't know until he actually comes out and someone interviews him and so on and so forth. But maybe it was the fact that he was getting into grad school here at Cal. Like, maybe that was the thing. Maybe he kind of realized, hey, maybe this is my last stint of playing organized football. Like on the field with the team, like it. So is that something now? If I like went back and decided to train for tennis again, I could jump back in and get into Haas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have air, uh, years of eligibility left? Mm, that is a fantastic question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm a short range kicker. I can kick anywhere within three yards. Yeah, <laughs> we actually uh, went out and we when we had Giorgio and. Um, I love Giorgio. Giorgio and I have known each other for a while. So um, he was improving, and my buddy Scott went out, and we went out to Memorial Stadium and we were kicking field goals, and then he was going to go try out for the team. Uh, and then he hurt his hip and hasn't been right since. But that was our path, man. That was our path to a full-time 50-hour-a-week job. Yeah. Kicking. Kicking is, kicking is like the, the baseline for most, like, yeah. non-skilled position players or if you're below 6'3". Six, six, like, I think that's that's the way to go. If you're not athletic and you're below 6'3", kicking is the only way to go. Maybe long snapper, but even then you no, have you to No, you get blown up. Built. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe 5'10 and just jacked yeah, long the, the only asterisks or the only, like, exceptions to that rule, maybe like a Malik Morris, like, sure. you know, if you're like 5'11", like 300 pounds, no one can move you. Okay, yeah. He's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. We all love him. I hope he wins the Piesman next year. He needs to win the Piesman. Do you know what the Piesman is? No. It's the Heisman to the most uh, heavyweight, heavy, heaviest, heavy set player to score a touchdown in a NCAA season. Oh, who won it last year? uh, The the big tight end at uh, Baylor, that like 300 Mm. pound, like 6'7 dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but so yeah, we have a quarterback. That's set. Um, and I'll, well, we'll have to see in the fall who ends up taking that position. I mean, because Webb could come in and just stink it up. Like we just don't know. But easily. But I think he just. I think he has the talent and the experience just to come in and, and probably start right away. And probably he. You know, this is just me talking. But he, I would assume that he maybe got some assurances that you'll. It's either you or one other guy, like they probably told him like that, or it's you that's going to be the starter. I highly doubt he would, you know, come here not knowing that he might not play. Whereas Colorado, 
he knew he was going to start next year. Like, Sefo was out for the year with that list Frank foot injury, and they needed a quarterback, which is why they asked him to come in. So, Great point. I would... Uh, I don't know. That's yeah. We'll see. We'll see in the fall. I hope Chase is gunning for him and yeah. get a good battle. Yeah. And then we can just spend a whole lot of time at camp watching. That'll be tons of fun to watch. Yeah. Fall camp always the best. Uh, and then we're moving on to actual recruiting news. Um, athlete Michael Onye Myobi. I'm pretty sure I nailed it. Yeah, um, you crushed that. Onye Myobi. That was awesome. Yeah. He's a three-star athlete, 6'1", 185 pounds from Temecula, California. Scout has him as the 31 overall athlete in the country, the number six, number six West athlete, and the number three athlete in the state of California. Um, Love it. I mean, I watched a little bit of his tape. The, guy, the kid is fast. The, guy, the kid is athletic. The kid is long and really lengthy. Um, that's exactly what we've been looking for in terms of our athlete recruits. And they apparently want him at corner. Um, and I want to see why not. Having a 6'1 corner who's athletic, that's the builds we're going for these days since we play in such a passing league and with those big, big tight ends and wide receivers on the outside. So if we get a like guy like that, that's pretty cool. Uh, some interesting story about him that I read on Ryan Gorsey's uh, article on Scout. I took a little excerpt from him. If you want to check it out, it's up on uh, BearTerritory.net. Uh, but he's of Nigerian descent. Uh, both of his parents have PhDs. So education probably is a come first the big thing for him. That's cool. Um, and his dad is a college professor and teaches theology. Impressive. Uh, but I love this quote uh, that Ryan got from him. It says, uh, and I quote, You hear a lot about Berkeley and people talk about it like it's a bunch of stuck-up nerds that don't really do anything. I got on campus, saw the football players, and these are players just like me who have the ability to go in there and be competitive in the classroom and be able to get that kind of education as well as be able to play football in the Pac-12. I think Ooh. this is what we were talking about, right? That's the selling point. I Nailed it. Most people, <laughs> I guess most people think we're a bunch of stuck-up nerds who don't really do anything. Um, when you watch the videos, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of makes sense. You see Berkeley. <laughs> Which, by the way, can we please get a new commercial? What? I mean, the only part that's changed about that is uh, Lindsay Gottlieb and Sonny. That's the only two things that have changed in there. Is if Natalie you... Kaufman in it? Oh, is Kaufman in there? I don't know. Um, but if you, I love that ad. If you watch that ad you're carefully. Take, you're going to take you, that away from me? If you watch that ad carefully, okay? I like the progression. I'm just saying, can you we update some of the photos? Fo- can we update some of the photos? <laughs> the people. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, there's a scene where it like shows like a computer lab and those like <laughs> if you if you stop it, the monitors are from like the 90s. Like they're the big tube little desktop monitors that we used to have as kids. Yep. <laughs> you know? Um the, uh, classic like <laughs> Windows 95 or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um it's it's one of those like can we Come on. Come on now. Like, I don't think any computer on campus even has those monitors anymore. Do you remember when we tried to change the seal? Yes. <laughs> and we changed it to that. <laughs> a little blue, weird thing. Like, it was It was like someone watercolored it. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Someone was about to paint a logo and then stopped. And like, hey, that kind of looks like a C. Let's call it, it, it will evolve over time. <laughs> don't worry. This is just the beginning. Call it modern art. <laughs> 
put it up in the MoMA and see uh, see how people look at it. Um, I love that ad. I'm in favor of keeping it. Every time that ad comes on, and all right, man, I don't want to bash these other schools too bad. If we're playing Arizona or Arizona State, <laughs> and you see that oh, Berkeley ad, no. and then Arizona State runs their ad, and then they're like online or in person, man, can that, we get, can we get at least some oh, like good sky me. views of campus on there on that ad? Like, there's not a lot. Like, I really like the like the Notre Dame ads, the the Duke ones, or like it's just. It's cool because it shows I've you. Seen the Notre Dame, yeah. Where they, they, they use the drone out. and they kind of pan yeah. out over all of campus, like on a sunset or when the sun's rising or something like that. Like, I like it, that. It just looks cool. Like, there's no part of that video where you kind of look at, you see the campus, you're like, I could see myself there. Like, there's no part of that. Do I see myself in a computer lab with the Windows ninety five running? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but but you see Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> whoever whoever thought of that back in the day. I mean, granted, it's it's kind of it's kind of cheesy now. Genius, but, but it, it's genius. Genius. It's, yeah. I mean, what do you see? I mean, that's, I mean, that's the pun of all puns. Like, I don't think you can ever beat that. It's just it's impossible. <laughs> um, but back to the point about uh, Michael Onyemayobi. Um, I mean that the kid uh, just he said uh, other things he said in the article was. He wanted to major in, I think, criminal justice. Uh, he wanted to work for, like, the FBI and the CIA. He wanted to work in the government. Um, this is what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, awesome. And he's uh, – so he's of Nigerian descent, and apparently when he was here visiting, he ran into one of our cornerbacks. I, I can't say his first name, but I can say his last name, Nwokocha. Um, he's one of the corners. He's of Nigerian descent as well. And apparently they had a long chat um, just sitting here, and he was telling you about the school, about Coach Dykes, and about the program, about the education here, and so on and so forth. And I think that kind of kind of resonated, just seeing a a com- country compatriot. You know, you, kind can of s- you can see the shift you're talking about from, I'm going to use Louisville, uh, and it, Louisville yeah. is how I've been told it's pronounced <laughs> from living in Chicago. Um as the example of what recruiting used to be. Come, hang out, go party with a lot of girls, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. We know where that story goes. Yeah. Whereas now it's sitting down one-on-one, what is this education going to do for me? There's an ROI that is attached to a degree at a point in time when it matters more than it potentially ever has. Yeah. And it's awesome to hear that type of story where they're sitting down with an individual talking one-on-one dykes is instilling a culture that is built around academics that was completely absent when i was there with the team or when we were in undergrad and i mean i just know these guys i know them to this day and i i just remember them in the in the back of the class and i'm not gonna like name anyone but I remember they'd be in the back. They wouldn't be paying attention. They'd show up. I was in the class with a bunch of basketball players. They'd show up every third class, every fifth class, you know, gone. Oh, paper was due. Didn't know about it. And now Jackson Booza was the first one who really came out in her first year when we were 111 and was like, no, this is the culture change. I see it. Guys showing up to class, going and sitting in front of the class. And now we see that three years from that point where Jackson talked about it, it is super cool to see how that can translate onto someone who is looking at education in a way that's not just about 
I'm going to go on campus and feel like I'm better than everybody else, but I'm going to be on campus as a contributor, both inside the classroom, on the football field, and to the community as a whole. Yeah. That is, that just makes me happy. I mean, I don't know how other recruiting trips go, but from the ones I've read about Cal, some of the, I think the one parallel that I always hear with these kids that come in and visit is, oh yeah, you know, the the trip went well, so on and so forth. This is after their trip, right? And they're like, oh... You know, we sat down with uh, with a counselor and talked about what classes are cool, like what classes I might want to take and so on and so forth. Like this is before they even commit, before they're even on campus, they're just here on their visit. They're high school students. And like, you know, I, I look at the, I take a step back and I look at that. All right. I'm 99 percent sure the kid didn't or the family didn't ask, you know, the coaching staff or anyone. Can we talk to a counselor or can we talk to an academic rep? Right. This is, I think. Whoever whoever has organized all those official visits or even the unofficial visits, it's they've set it up that way now. Like you're gonna go meet one of your one of the academic counselors for like one hour or so. Just sit down with your parents, talk about what what majors you might what majors you might come in contact with here, what classes you might get, you know, fun classes. Like I think having that, I think it definitely helps, right? It makes it real. It, yeah, it definitely does. Brings it to life, and I didn't get that. I went to athlete orientation. And I didn't get that until I was enrolled at Cal and then back in the Bay Area with all the other athletes and everybody else is enrolled. To get that feeling as a recruit already gets you thinking beyond the decision of whether or not I want to commit to what do I want to do as a student here. Yeah. Smart. I mean, smart. I wish I had that. You know, I remember Calso and just sitting in that like room and then with a bunch of computers and they just sat us all down and they were just like, okay, log in. And we logged in and they said, all right, sign up for your classes. I'm like, what classes am I supposed to even sign up for? Like, what are you talking about? This one says AC on it. What does that mean? <laughs> I was like, I want to take Korean, but what's Korean seven and what's Korean one and what's Korean 10? Like what's, what's, what's the difference? Like I wanted to take a language class to make it a little easier. Like just take an easy class since I am fluent in Korean. I took a Korean lit class. Like I didn't even know it was a lit class. <laughs> I was so I was just taken aback by the whole concept of it. Um, there are hardly any classes at Cal. There there are classes. There there are hardly any classes at Cal that are easy. No. And that's yeah, that's awesome. I love that story. Yeah. I had a couple of friends that tried to do that with Spanish and just no. They got placed in a class that no. was far too difficult and ended up having to work harder than no. if they had just done something else. Uh, let's, let's, I'll, let me ask you one more question about this tangent. What was the easiest class you took at Cal, if you remember? Yeah, I remember. And it was a class I took with, um, is it David Seawater? No. Seawright? Seawright. Yeah, gosh, Seawater. What am I talking about? <laughs> it, must, it must be nice. Oh, if he's listening to this, oh, he's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Seawright. And we've met a few times. Seawright, ironically, visited with me. Uh, Will Cap was a buddy of mine uh-huh. freshman year, and he visited Will on a recruiting trip. Okay. And it was over a winter break. And Seawright was supposed to be like, you know, our kickers just always problems. And so Seawright came in, and he had a lot of high school accolades. And so my friend Ariel was having a party that night, and Will was in town. And was like, hey, dude, what's going on? I got these couple recruits in town. Let's go to a party. I was like, bring them on over to Ariel's house. <laughs> I got one. Yeah, and so he came over to Ariel's house and kicked it, and I'm sure he doesn't remember who I am. And then we had this class together, which was, in, uh, was a journalism class. 
and the professor is a little bit older, but very brilliant. Um, but the main part of the class was you had to do the reading. And if you did the reading, you had a quiz every single day. So you ha- he said there would be quizzes some days. He quizzed you every single day to check your attendance. And it was three questions. Um, but I guess it was pretty well known amongst the media studies crowd that it was considered like an actual, like an easy A class. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even get an A. I got an A minus. <laughs> um, but I will take the A minus any day of the week because that helped out with a lot of my other grades and other classes. And oh, Lord. So anyways, apologies, apologies out to Sea Ride if you're listening. Seawater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David Seawater. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, it's nine thirty. Yeah, I I know I I met him at a basketball game this year once too. He's a great guy, great guy. Yeah, he's super nice. Yeah. Um, what about you? I think for me, it, it had to be ESPN fifty AC. Um, that was the AC class I took. Uh, I don't remember the professor's name. Uh, what was it? Was it environmental studies? Yeah, it was an environmental science policy and management class. And the funniest thing about this class was uh, there were two midterm dates, like. You had one midterm date, but if you couldn't make that midterm date, like, you could go to the secondary one. But the, the crazier part was it was the same test. No. So if you had a buddy take it and you literally weren't ready for it, then they could tell you what the, what the questions were. Like, it, just, it was... That's, couldn't you game that and be like, hey, we're going to have one friend go take this? We could. All yeah. Were... yeah, yeah. And um, he would... He was... I mean, he was just a really understanding and cool professor. Yeah. Um, and I... I remember distinctly. So I took it my freshman year, and then a buddy of mine took it our sophomore year. <laughs> and he was driving up from L.A. Uh, the I think the week of the test, week of a midterm, and he forgot that he had that midterm. He like it just totally, totally missed him. And so he emailed the professor and said, oh, I, "I still love this story." He emailed the professor saying, um, "Hi, professor. Uh, I won't be in town this week to take the midterm." Um, my aunt is getting married for the second time in Chicago, and I gotta go out for the wedding. <laughs> that was his. That was his excuse. Genius. And um, the professor, the professor's reply was the best. He said, "That is the most absurd excuse I've ever heard, but I will allow it." <laughs> no way! No way! Oh man! Oh man! Isaac Song, if you are listening to this, man, you had the. That was. That's oh, awesome. you you had the. Best excuse I've ever heard for not taking a test. That was just incredible. Incredible. So, the final story on this. I had a class, and I did summer. I stayed for the summer once. And uh, at the end, I was was leaving to go to Lollapalooza the weekend before the final exams for every (laughs) single one of my classes. Told all my professors, and most of them were super chill. And so, for this one class that I had absolutely no time to spend... Truly, like the amount of time I can study with. Um, I went to office hours to the professor and said, Hey, I feel like I'm a little bit behind and I'm going out to Chicago for the whole weekend and I'll be back Monday and the test is on Tuesday. She goes, Do you want the test? And I was like, Sure. Hands me the final. The final. So I did very well. <laughs> Just handed it to you like a take home exam? Handed it to me and said, Just study this and you'll be fine. Super nice, man. Wow. Love it. Yeah, I, I tend to think the summer class teachers tend to be pretty... They're not, like, super lenient, but they're kind of understanding that it's summer break and so on and so forth. You got so, life that's happening. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's it for college football talk. Um, 
and then we're moving on to basketball. Oh, I mean, I originally had this section labeled as no news. Um, we, the one guy, we had one scholarship left. The one guy we wanted to get in, which was Dom the Polish Hammer, uh, he went to Ole Miss. So we didn't get him. I was, so I was thinking, hey, maybe we're not getting anyone. Maybe we're just saving it for next year, you know, to spend on six guys. Uh, but... <laughs> But no, 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 no. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Today, uh, four-star point guard Charlie Moore out of Chicago has committed to Cal. We were actually in his recruitment all up to uh, about February, I think. Um, and he was he committed to Memphis, the Josh Pastner. Of course, we all know he moved to Georgia Tech. Um, and then he was released from his letter of intent. He had us in his final eight. I think it, I, I thought it was more of a courtesy thing because we were in his recruitment before he had committed uh but i guess not um i think he had just visited smu last weekend too and so today you know on his twitter account he's committed to cal so just some things about him he's a four-star point guard he's 5'11 170 pounds from chicago he's the 65th best overall prospect in this year's class so he'll be playing with us in the fall wow sick he is the 17th best point guard in the country, the third best point guard in the Midwest, and the first best, the, the best point guard in the state of Illinois. That's huge. Yeah. And so, Chicago? Yeah. Goodness. Apparently, apparently from what I've heard. Jerome Randall territory. Uh-huh. A man by the name of Jerome Randall has been talking to the kid. And no has, way. And has told him that this was the place he needed to be. But this was before he had committed to Memphis. And he, and then ran, apparently, uh, apparently in an interview, Randall said, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got to go where he feels right, but I've been telling him it should be Cal. Like, Cal should be the place you should go, so. Uh, that's awesome. I've got, you love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, you love it when alumni just, yeah. Um, <laughs> Basically what we've done all. <laughs> exactly. What we've talked about all, all day night. today. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we both watched this tape. Uh, the kid is a flat-out point guard scorer. Um, he gets into the paint really well. He finds little uh, wraparound passes really well when he's in the paint. He's a knockdown three shooter, um, and he's just his his shot's not broken. His his form is consistent every time he shoots, yeah. and that's a that's a big thing for us because you could not have enough shooters. I fell in love with his shot more than anything else on that tape. Yeah, and tape is tape once again, and will always be tape. But especially when it just shows offense. It shows no defense whatsoever. It's so silly. Like, watching both uh, Davis Webb and his tape, I was like, (laughs) this is an unfair representation. But, hey, um, yeah, his shot's beautiful. It looks like he's a a true scoring guard that'll be able to step right in where Ty left. And um, I definitely want someone that's going to be able to move the ball around a little bit more, like the way Singer does, because we saw what that did to our offense last year. Um, But he has... All sorts of physical tools, super athletic, jump real high. It's it's exactly what we needed. Yeah. You know, granted, I don't think he'll start. I think Singer will be the starter. But he's that he's the first or probably maybe first or second guard off the bench. I think Grant Mullins might push him to be the first guard off the bench. But, right. I mean, if he's a true freshman coming in and can lock up that backup point guard role going into this year and the next year as well, with Jamal Baker coming in next year, I mean that's you have your point guard rotation set. Like I don't like what big man is gonna like question that now. Mm-hmm. You're gonna come in and be like, okay, we have a sophomore point guard. 
and then we have another freshman point guard coming in with us. That's it would have felt a little weird if the guy whose name I cannot pronounce who committed to Old Miss had come. As much as I think he is actually a pretty good talent, having three seven-footers and nobody <laughs> to distribute them the ball would have been a really interesting combination. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the bigger, the biggest thing about us, at least this past season for basketball, was our guard rotation was so thin. I mean, we were rotating between... Super thin. Yeah. Very apparent against Hawaii. Oh, um, And I... Brandon, and his last name, Chausa? Chaka? Chaka. Chaka. I, I, I don't know him. He seems like a nice dude. He's so tiny that he would get just beat off of... He'd just get pushed off of the ball and off of the defender so easily, especially when he was controlling the possession. That I saw this against Hawaii more so than anything was that he just was so easily uh, like stopped with the ball. He couldn't manipulate. Yeah. And Singer's not a true scorer. So, yeah, great point. It was so apparent against Hawaii, and it was driving me crazy, which is why I had a lot of concern about you know next year, besides the fact that we have a really nice score, like rotation mm-hmm. of players coming back. This is great news. This yeah. is what we needed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this... This is a solid, solid, you know, just long-term type of recruit. Like, he's not a one-and-done kid. Um, if anything, if he were to just explode... At Do we the, get him for four? I mean, he... If he doesn't redshirt? If he doesn't redshirt, yeah, we got him for four years, um, unless he leaves early. But I think, if, unless his... If his talent explodes, I think he's maybe a three-and-done. Like, he plays for three years and then really? leaves. That long? Yeah. Um, but I just don't think he'll, he'll be gone after two years um, and just... It's, I mean, the sky's the limit um, for this kid. Uh, and coming into just this this team where he has all these big men weapons to run the pick and roll with and just... I mean, the guy's a knockdown shooter already. Like, the biggest knock I had on Ty and Jalen running a pick and roll with Ivan was that they there wasn't that third threat. It was pick and roll and either we're going to kick it to Ivan rolling hard to the basket or they're going to drive to the basket. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that third option of if if there's a little lag on the pick, I'm just going to jump right up and shoot it. If I have a little bit of space, that's what I'm going to do. Like there wasn't that third threat, which is why defenses would just go over the over the top of the of the screen. Just follow them all along cuz they're all they're doing is going to drive. Whereas now <laughs> if if it's if it's Charlie who's doing this, then you got to respect that he might shoot it, but you also got to respect his vision to pass it to guys like Ivan or Kingsley or Cameron or Roman Davis or guys like that. So, yeah, Fantastic point. Totally agree. And you killed that. You crushed that. That was really well said. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've told this to some people. Some people don't believe me. I personally think next year's team might actually be better than this year's team. They could be a better team overall. There's a lot more depth. Yeah. The ball's going to be in a lot of people's hands more. And that's not a knock on Jalen or Ty. I mean, they were our two best players. But I think the ball's going to be moving a lot more. I Um, hope so, man. Our offense was so simple at times last year. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, um, apparently the new assistant coach, Tim O'Toole, is a big X and O's guy. (laughs) Good. Yeah. So that's what we needed on our bench. It literally felt like some timeouts like they would just kind of huddle and just get water and then just go back out <laughs> like it wasn't there wasn't much of a okay we're going to do this 
Like it was more of a the Mark Jackson. All right, let's go team. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Mark, yeah, there exactly. you go. Exactly. It was the Mark Jackson timeout. <laughs> Straight up come in and be like, "All right guys, we're on an airplane and this airplane's got to land, so let's do it together." Break. <laughs> like, come on, dude. What? We were Doc Rivers just like, "All right, we're going to run this plane, Mark Jackson. Don't worry, just think about the airplane. Go out there, guys, <laughs> win the game." All right. Yeah, let's do it. I'm down for X's nose. That's exactly uh, what we need. Yeah, our team definitely really, really needed that. All right, uh, on a little more basketball talk. So the draft lottery was, we're recording this on Wednesday night, so it was last night. Um, my beloved Lakers, we kept our pick. Thank the basketball gods. Um, so where we printed out a mock draft uh, from NBADraft.net. We looked, we've been talking about it before we started recording the show, and there's a lot of things going on about where Jalen might get drafted, so on and so forth. Um, currently on NBADraft.net, they have Jalen Brown going to number seven, which is the Denver Nuggets. All right. Um, is there any place? And then, well, of course, there's other mock drafts uh, that have him going as high as number four to Phoenix. So, uh, Andy, what's your take on how high he can go versus how low he can go. And think his high is three, Boston, even though you just you mentioned before when we were talking about your friend, um, maybe hoping not to see that, but... Yeah, and I, I also... There's a little asterisk with this Boston one because I think they might actually package this and trade it too. Yeah, um, I've heard that there's actually going to be... So I've been writing all these mock draft posts, which has been a little bit of an interesting assignment given that the order hasn't been established. Yeah. But it's surprising how accurate a lot of those places had it anyways. Um, but as far as I've heard, the things that I've read is that there's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of teams trading up, so that's a really good point. And I've seen Jalen as high as Phoenix, and I've seen him as low as, like, I think 9 or 10 or even a little bit outside of that. Yeah. Um, some of the reviews from the Combine were solid, and others that Chad Ford reported were saying that he didn't have a pretty good b- basketball IQ, and they felt that um, he, w- he was a poor interview, which is also something that we heard about Jared Goff. So take it everything with a grain of salt at this point in time. Did he have small ball. hands? Did they check that? And <laughs> 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 yeah, ceiling, Celtics. I'd like to see that. I think Brad Stevens is just a terrific coach, and oh, he can do a lot with Jalen. And um, floor, yeah. I mean, he could drop out of the top top ten. Um, I, I kind of want to see him go to Sac, and people will hate it. Everyone says Sac. You know, someone tweeted out Sacramento's are where careers go to die. It's like the Cleveland of basketball. <sighs> Man, my buddy Brian. And it's his, it's his birthday on Tuesday, so we'll be nice to him. He's such a diehard Sacramento fan. They got the new arena. They got Vladi up in the front office. They have people trying to do the right thing. And we've seen what can happen when you have a good nucleus that's trying hard to do the right thing. So if they ever get it figured out the way the Warriors get it figured out, it'd be cool to have him be local, to, be, to see him somewhat frequently, um, him playing the Warriors and maybe even making a trip up to Sacramento, stay local, be more of an influence at Cal. So I don't hate Sacramento as a landing place as much as I've heard a lot of hate for Sacramento from others. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at this going, you know, we kind of talked about this last week. 
maybe if he goes to Phoenix, like that's a great spot. Um, just running and gunning along with Eric Bledsoe and uh, Devin Booker. Uh, but I mean, I I think the lowest he can go is probably fifteen. Um, just because Denver has the 15th pick in the draft, I just don't see Denver passing on him twice because uh, Denver has the 7th pick and the 15th pick. Um, but one thing I will note about this draft that, that I just found out um, today was that this this draft is actually a pretty important draft, not in terms of how much talent there is, yeah. but um, apparently because uh, because the cap goes up next year, Apparently, the rookie contracts um, will will be significantly smaller this year compared to next year. Hmm. So to have guys that might pan out, right? I mean, you see guys that are still on their rookie deals, like like the Demarcus Cousins types, right, and the Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butlers. Like those guys are still on just extensions of their rookie contracts, so they can't get the max deals that you're going to see massive guys get, like the Kevin Durant's and the and the Steph Curry's, so on and so forth, this offseason. Um, so which is why I've heard about the top 10, top 15 picks. Granted, they might not be home run hits like, you know, drafts in the past. It's not like 2003 with the LeBron draft. It's not like 96 with the Kobe draft. It's not that deep. But each pick, if they do pan out, you have these guys on the cheap for – Four, four to five years, and that's for a franchise that's huge, right? You get a promising talent at that cheap, you can fill out the rest of your roster and spend a little bit more money elsewhere. So I, I read that yesterday and I was like, okay, well, oh, wow, okay, I guess because I was looking at it going, all right, who would want to trade with, with Boston for three? I mean, like Boston, let's say, wants to go get a big, big name guy, right? Let's say it's a DeMarcus Cousins or let's say it's a Jimmy Butler. To package that number three pick with something, they don't have that many players that are enticing um, to those guys. So I was like, all right, and you're you're at three, and you're right behind the consensus top two, like superstar guys that most people have pegged in this draft. Then what? how much is that pick worth until I read that? And I said, oh, okay. Like if Buddy Heal turns out to be the next Kobe, like – you have him on the cheap for four years and not having to sign him to a ridiculous amount of money because the cap went up next year. Yeah, it's a so, great value pick for any team. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, I did, know, I did not know that. And I looked at it going, okay, I guess, I guess if you're in the lottery this year, that, that pick's going to be worth a lot um, regardless of where you pick. So, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, let me get this draft name. I just laugh. Like, if Sacramento ended up taking Domantas Sabonis, the power <laughs> forward center at Gonzaga, like, you picked Willie Cauley Stein last year, and then you have Demarcus Cousins. Like, are you are you trying to mold yourself after the 76ers? Like, have a front court log jam and not have a point guard um, <laughs> or anything else? <laughs> you just want to load up on big men? <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, get it. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, Maybe it is Vladi having too much influence. <laughs> He wants the bigs. Bigs get the job done. I didn't know DeJounte Murray came out. Yep. He was a true freshman this year, right? Yep. DeJounte Murray and uh, Marquise Chris. Did, uh, uh, what was it, um, Andrew Andrews or Antonio? Or was it like, who's no. the other Washington guard? Did he come? Uh, Andrew Andrews did because he, he was a senior, but he's oh, not right. on this list. Uh, what's it? Uh, Julian Jacobs, the USC point guard, he declared. So he's on there. He's uh, projected on this NBA mock draft to go 
a 52nd overall in the second round. I saw Diallo on here too, which was interesting just because of our recruiting ties to him. Yeah. Man. And then uh, also Ty, Ty is on here. He's a 56th overall second round to Denver. Oh, um, let's go. Yeah, yeah. It's weird because most people say he will get drafted, but at the same time he wasn't invited to the Combine. How is which, Jerry Payton Jr. 43? Yeah. I think it's his athleticism. I, I will give him that. He's a lot more athletic than Ty. <laughs> like he, He's a defensive monster. So I think there's that. I think that's the only thing that he's got going for him right now. Um, but some of these other picks, I mean, uh, my mom is a huge Warriors fan right now, uh, and she she told me she's like, why can't why can't the Warriors go out and get Ty Wallace? Like I think he'd be a great great backup to to Steph Curry. And I was like, you know what? You kind of do have a point. Like it, if Sean Livingston were to go, right? It fits the same mold. Just that long, lengthy point guard that can get into the paint and just dish out the ball. Like, you don't need him to shoot threes. Livingston doesn't shoot threes. Ty isn't yeah. that good of a three-point Livingston, shooter. Livingston's best shots are... Mid-range. Like mid-range, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so, I, said, I looked at that and I was like, ah, that would be cool. That would be cool. But, I mean, they don't have a pick in the second round, so I highly doubt that's happening. Unless they move back or something like that. Man, Warriors to draft Gary Payton Jr. I loved watching that guy play in college. <laughs> he was awesome. Gary Payton Jr. fan club right here. Don't listen to me, though. I picked every Pac-12 team in the tournament, so I did really well in my brackets this year. Yeah, well, I had Calvin in the Final Four, so I did real good, too. too. (laughs) (laughs) And one I had – I did two brackets. One I had Cal winning it all, and the other uh, I did not have Cal winning it all, and it didn't matter. (laughs) I lost him. Yeah. Uh, Hey, people call me crazy because I had Gonzaga going to the Elite Eight. This year? Yeah. People call me crazy. You can't can't not pick – I think I think Avi said this the best. You have to pick it by coaches. Like you really just can't pick it by the players. Like I granted, you know, Izzo this year it fizzled. It didn't really play out that well. But usually, you're right. You pick the Tom Izzo. But I tried to go Shaka Smart, and that didn't work. Oh yeah, yeah. But he's rebuilding that team. That's his first year with the team. Okay. There was there was that. Give him some time. Uh, yeah, give him a, give him a year. Give him a year. Uh, granted, that's if not, he jumps ship to the NBA. Who knows? Good point. Billy Donovan. Yeah. Oh, that worked out pretty well. Yeah. Too well. Yeah. Not tonight, though. Not tonight. Not tonight. He really did not know what to do tonight. There were moments where it, it panned his face, and he was just like, I, I don't know what to coach up anymore. Like, there's, like Steph Curry's just going to do what Steph Curry does. Like, and there's just nothing I can do to out-coach him. Um, but people, people bash on... Uh, I'm, we'll end the basketball talk with this, but people bash on Billy Donovan a lot, and I, I think I go, that guy has won national championships. If you don't know, that guy at Florida had Chandler Parsons. That guy at Florida had Al Horford. That guy at Florida had um, most Bates. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that guy. That guy at Florida had Corey Brewer. Corey Brewer, yeah. Um, like he's had, oh, he had Bradley Beal too. Um, he's had a pretty good lineage of players. I mean, that Al Horford... Oh, he had Joakim Noah. How could I forget about that? That Joakim Noah-Al Horford tandem. Oh, my God. That that was so fun to play on uh, NCAA March Madness. <laughs> oh, that team was unstoppable. You grabbed every rebound. Oh, oh, boy. Um, but, yeah, people bash on him, but he's a good coach. Don't bash on Billy Dominic. I'm a, I fell in love with that Florida team, that Al Horford-Joakim Noah team, where they all came back to play their second year to... 
go back to back. That's admirable. Admirable. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Although I really don't like Florida. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. That wraps up our basketball talk. Uh, on to some baseball talk. Cal uh, went up, went to Northwestern this week um, since school is out now, so they can do whatever they want. Um, not really, but yeah. Uh, they were in Evanston. They played four games. They swept North, Northwestern in Evanston. Go Bears. The crazier part was these scores. Some would think that these are football scores, like just really low-scoring football scores. First game, 16-0. Second game, 15-3. Third game, 13-2. And then the last game, 15-0. Let's calculate that run differential. <laughs> Dang, I, that's I, crazy. I don't. They scored five runs over four games, like Northwestern did. Wow. Um, Cal- <laughs> is that a forty-nine to five? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, thirty. Yeah, thirty-three or forty-three. Yeah. No, it's more. No, than that. it's fifty-nine. To five. Fifty-nine. Fifty-nine to five. Fifty-nine <laughs> to five run differential <laughs> in a four-game series. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I think. I think our bats are alive. I, I'm just I'm just guessing here. Is Northwestern good? They are decent. Um, they're not bad. Um, so four games in a row. So Cal is now 29 and 18 on the season. Uh, 11 and 13 Pac-12. So they uh, I think host the they host one more school here at home this week. I'm who they're playing is just totally blanking me right now. But it is the last game last series homestead of the season. Saturday is Senior Day. Um, so if you can make it out to Evans Diamond, um, it'll be a blast. I saw on Twitter earlier today, it's basically $2 everything. So $2 hot dog, $2 soda, $2 souvenir bucket popcorn. Um, I have Giants Cubs tickets, but that's awfully tempting. <laughs> <laughs> everything $2. <laughs> so, yeah, if you have the time Are to you make going, it Rob? I am thinking about it. I'm very much thinking about it. Um, granted, it's my cousin's birthday on Saturday. Um, he's, uh, was it sophomore in high school now? Um, so I think he wanted to go out to dinner with the family and so on, but I think they're trying to, the family's trying to schedule it on Friday. So if they do schedule it on Friday, then I'll definitely go out to the game. If they can't, and it's on Saturday, I really can't make it to the game. So, but I mean, $2 for everything. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. And Trace and I have talked about this. There's little life hacks that you can learn at Evans Diamond. If you... I will repeat this once again. If you stay to the end of the game and they have hot dogs left over, they will just wrap the hot dogs and put them on the cash register at the at the concession stands. You can just take them. Really? You can just take them. Because what wow. are they going to do? It's just it, they're going to have to throw it away anyways. So they just leave them. And people can take however many as you want. It's interesting. This will be so far off topic. But this was something that... My mom and I tried to start with restaurants, and there was an actually John Oliver piece about this not too long ago, how in France they've started collecting food that goes unused from grocery stores because a lot of it is still deemed like good, but for some reason it, they're forced to throw it out as a grocery store and it doesn't go to these people that are starving. And um, we were told that they can't give it out to homeless people because it is a... Now, this could have changed. This was like 10 years ago. Could it, uh, because it is a liability to the actual, if the homeless person were to ingest that food and get sick, then yeah. he could hold them liable. And, Which makes sense. And, yeah, it's fascinating, right? Yeah. So it's kind of cool that they give them out to the fans, but I wish we could also give it out to some people that would be 
starving too that didn't already eat a bunch of tuba. That is true. And I think, I mean, I think if you were to grab one and then on the way you saw a homeless guy and hand him off a hot dog, I don't think anyone would mind. Um, as long as there isn't a lawyer around. <laughs> as long as there isn't a lawyer around. And as long as he doesn't know where you got it from. All right, one other life hack. Let's hear it. Um, Evan's Diamond Life Hacks. Uh, if you, uh, let's see. Uh, so for some people that don't know, there's only one way, entr- there's only one entrance into the stadium, which is behind home plate. If you walk all the way down the third baseline, there are picnic tables and benches at the far end in left field. Um, not a lot of people know that. Um, so in you can... left field, like towards... Yeah, us, like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah, in the corner of Evans Diamond. Uh, there are picnic tables there. So oh. I know people that have, you know, just bring like a little picnic thing full of, you know, sandwiches and stuff set up there and you can watch the game, you know, sitting at a picnic table. It's a good way to enjoy a game with the sunset going on the other side. I think we need to make this a weekly segment. <laughs> Life hacks. <laughs> Life hacks. Uh, we need to research this then. I can't. I just That's can't awesome. think, of, think of any other ones right now. Life um, hack. Life hacks. All right. So we have some questions for fans today. Um, so we'll go over those real quickly. The first one is from Peter. Peter. From Peter. Peter. Peter is a Golden Blocks writer. So I think I talked to him about this today, but... Um, how he wants, he's asking us to discuss how Webb fits in our offense and how do his strengths and weaknesses fit with our team. And I think we kind of generally brushed upon it. Um, but just to recap, great fit with the experience that he has, the arm talent that he has. And as Andy said, uh, what's it? Uh, Mel Kuyper had him as the number one pro prospect out of the seniors um, in this year. So, I mean, if he had declared for the draft, his pro prospects would have been, I don't, I don't know. I love Jared too much, so I don't want to say on par with Jared, but just a just a tad underneath him. Like I think that's what it would have been. He might have been the the Connor Cook or the Christian Haskenberg guy taking in the second round. So, if that's the case, that's an outstanding stopgap year talent to have going on to next year and having all those younger guys come in. His weaknesses, I mean, he did throw twenty two interceptions. That doesn't really help um, in terms of the turnover ratio. Granted, our turnover ratio last year was amazing because we grabbed so many interceptions. Um, but our off, our the the defense started to sputter in terms of interceptions and forcing turnovers, starting from about halfway to the halfway through the season, towards the end of the season. After five and zero. Yeah, exactly. After five and zero. Um, so. I don't know how much our defense is going to be able to get the ball back for us if we turn the ball over that easy. Granted, we throw the ball around so much that you're going to get it picked sometimes. Jared got it, what, picked five times in the Utah game, but we still had a shot to win it at the very end of the game. So, I mean, I think we can do it. I think our defense is actually stronger than last year's. Granted, we don't have the linebackers, uh, but we'll see how all that pans out um, in the future. Uh, At Optimus Chang uh, tweeted at us, and he said, what is the best grad school for football transfers? That's a tough choice. You have any? Do you have any thoughts on this one? Oh, I would say Haas because I'm applying to it right now and <laughs> I'm going through that process and figuring out just how difficult it is. But um, you know, that's just the one I know. I I think yeah. Let's go. My my pick is Haas. I like that. Yeah, I mean, all of us would pick Cal, right? Um, but I don't know. I mean, some of these guys like are majoring in some crazy things. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Grant Mullins, uh, the, the the 
basketball player from Colombia that just uh, committed to us. I think he's uh, nuclear engineering. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool correctly. ones. Yeah, and he's he's going to be a nuclear engineering uh, graduate student here. That's crazy. Um, there's truly no. There's few better places that you can go for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things that not a lot of people realize. Yeah, but it's very few, very few. If not, if Lawrence not, just labs are not messing around. That's the place with a lot of history. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we we split the atom there. Yeah. Like, like uh, I always bring this up with people, like how it's it's so crazy what they do up there that they film the Incredible Hulk there to make it seem like Bruce Banner worked there. Like that's the quintessential like science guy place to be. I, I don't I don't know how else to say it. Bruce Banner works there. All right, <laughs> done, <laughs> done deal. Sign me up. Best grad school. <laughs> Best grad school right there. Um, I don't know. I think the best grad school, it's, I mean, it's up to the person, right? Um, and it depends on what you want to do. I think the coolest story I remember from grad school transfers uh, was the point guard at Duke, uh, John Shire. Or no, 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 Greg Paulus. Greg Paulus. Um, he was the starting point guard for that Duke team. Uh, this was back before Coach K, like, started all the recruiting the one-and-done guys. Um, I remember is, Paulus. Yeah. He transferred to Syracuse as a grad transfer for one year to play quarterback for the Syracuse football team. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was like, wait, what? Like, Someone else did that recently, too. Who did that? Someone transferred over and was... Played you know, a different sport? Yeah. <sighs> no, this is going to get you later. <laughs> this is just going to be like Shea Fields, man. <laughs> Shea Fields 2.0. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, I... I mean that that type of grad transfer that thing that type of thing is cool, right? If you have the opportunity to play a sport that you'll probably never ever play professionally, and someone's asking you to do it, why not? Why not? And I don't know what his stats were. I'm gonna look that up later. Uh, what his first year stats or that one year stat at Syracuse was, but apparently any, any of our engineering programs would be, I'm sure, top notch too. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Any engineering. Without a doubt. At Cal would be a great choice. So. Uh, lastly, Michael Ball sends us some. Some questions or some topics. He said he wants some news on Najee Harris, uh, Coach Martin's contract, and the last basketball scholarship. So I'll start with the last basketball scholarship. We have that filled now. It's point guard Charlie Moore. It's not going to be Jalen Brown. He's not coming back. As much Sorry as- to everyone on who I fueled that post yeah. hype about yeah. regarding Jalen potentially being able to Because he back. hadn't signed with an agent yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not going to be Jalen yeah. Brown. I held out 0.000001% hope that he might come back, but not anymore. Not anymore. Um, and then, of course, Coach Martin's contract. Um, bar, like, just knowing that there's no news out about it right now, no bad news, I'm thinking it's just in the works. Um, it's not well. It's not going to be finished until they finish that investigation. Whether exactly, or not he was in the wrong. For exactly, and it. and because there's no bad news about that either, I'm thinking it's just it's just taking a while to get it all done. Um, for this is the UC, exactly the UC we talked about, oh, yeah. UC Berkeley, and you shall see a whole <laughs> lot of process. <laughs> Due process is one we take seriously here at UC Berkeley. Um, but I mean, for those that that may not know the timeline. Like right now, right this week, they're going through graduations. Like last week was finals. General commencement was just this past Saturday. Like this time at school, apparently, like I have a friend who works in the uh, the engineering school. Um, he just works in the admissions or the like the 
faculty office or the admissions office kind of ish. I like it. Um, and he was saying how it's just crazy. Like they're getting last minute gifts for like the professors that are leaving. They have to you know deal with all the commencement stuff. Um, they got to deal with the receptions after the commencements. They there are so many different ceremonies oh, yeah. and. I mean that's that and that's just undergrads, right? There's grad, um, like graduate school graduations going on at the same time all over the place as well. So it's just a really hectic time, and I'm sure it's just they have this to take care of first. Like it's, I hate to say that they're not in a rush. Like they should be in a rush. It's a faculty member that doesn't have a contract yet, um, but at the same time, I think it's just they're gonna get it done. It's just a matter of priorities right now these graduating kids and all that good stuff. So I think it'll die down in a little bit. Oh, oh, and I think one more, one more thing to know. I think what they said was the fiscal year of the university ends in June, which might make a little more sense in terms of this contract stuff too. Cause if they do want him to sign, it might be starting the next, next fiscal year when they start paying him off of that contract. So I could see that. I could see why they're just waiting to line it up with that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, on Najee Harris. If you don't know who Najee Harris is, he's a five-star running back out of Antioch High School. He is the number one overall recruit in the 2017 cycle. Currently committed to Alabama, but he's taking uh, some official visits. Uh, he's visited UCLA. I think he's visiting Washington. Uh, he's unofficially visited us a, a whole bunch of times just because we're so close. Uh, the coaches are always out there to see him and talk to him. Um, but any news on him? Um, not much except for the one little fact that, uh, coach Harbaugh is having a satellite camp at his high school <laughs> at Antioch high school. So other than that, nah, no, not, not much. Harbaugh is coming back to haunt us. Um, he's coming back for those California recruits. I'm happy he hasn't really impacted us yet. He tried with Austin Aaron. He did. Um, Yeah. He definitely came in late when he's because the whole 49ers thing went down pretty late in the year. Yep. Um, And then he got hired at Michigan, and then all of a sudden, um, Aaron, who, by the way, we don't really talk about that much, but um, he really liked him as a big body receiver, came pretty hard after him, and then Austin Aaron firmed up to Cal. Yeah. Well, we also stole uh, Veramontes from him, so there's that. Yeah, I'm bittersweet. Yeah, I miss uh, him on the Niners, but I certainly don't miss him in college. So. Nope, nope. Harbaugh in college, stay away. Harbaugh in the pros, please come back. Yeah. All right, uh, that pretty much wraps it up for our show today. Wait, um, I have a final discussion point. Oh, you do? Okay, here we go. I want to get all the insights on this UCLA, Adidas, Under Armour. That is right. That is Enlighten right. me, my friends. Enlighten me. We're about me. to talk about this. Um, so for those who don't know, UCLA uh, is ending their sponsorship deal with Adidas, I think, at the end of next year or the year after, I believe. Um, oh, so we have some time. So we have, yeah, we do have some time. Um, apparently, Under Armour is trying to get in the mix in, through the thick of things and offer them a great deal. Um, from what I've read, uh, without just talking about the numbers and, and paraphrasing from probably articles I shouldn't be paraphrasing from, um, apparently they're offering more money. That's what I've heard. That's the thing. And, and people are wondering, wait, they said we were going to be the flagship school on the West Coast. Um, here's my take on it. I think we're still the flagship school. I think that's, that's a no-brainer. 
what they're doing with the school and how they said that they're going to build like um, what's it like an Under Armour store near campus in um, NSF, gonna, I think. Yep, they're going to offer like internships and stuff for the students. Like you're going to get an this. incubator apparently. Yeah, you're going to get like discounts on like the Fit bands that they sell, so on and so forth. Um, and and they're going to and also they're they're comprehensive of the entire university. So all the club teams included are going to be sponsored by Under Armour. Sick. I did not know the club yeah. teams got that. Yeah, so the club teams will get that now um, wow. here. Whereas I think UCLA, uh, some some Cal fans might not like me saying this, but in terms of a marketing perspective and how, you're, how many jerseys you're going to sell, how many shirts you're going to sell, how many jerseys you're going to sell, how many sweaters you're going to sell, so on and so forth, UCLA still has a bigger market for that. More, really? I think so. I still think so. I still think more people are prone to buy UCLA than Cal. Ooh, um, I don't know. I don't know, man, because when you go down there and you experience a game day at Cal and you experience at UCLA because all the students have to go take buses down to the Rose Bowl, sometimes going to that stadium is like going to a ghost town. That is true. And the market down there has always been USC's. Um, and but, that's not even... Maybe it's changed with more because I haven't gone down since, you know... Since I was in school. Well, I think now it doesn't even matter because they got the Rams down there. So I think football is... Jared Goff. Yeah. <laughs> Keep pumping down. <laughs> um, take them away. Take them away. Um, wow, no, fascinating. But I, fascinating. I, I just... I mean... Th- I was talking to someone about this and I said... I mean, if you... If you gave a New Yorker, right? Like... Or someone from Maryland. Like, they had a choice to buy two sweaters, right? One that said Cal, like, on the, on the sweater. And one that said... UCLA. I think still more people know UCLA more than Cal. They know UC Berkeley more than UCLA, but they don't know Cal as much as they do UCLA. Does that, weird, is that making sense? Yeah, it's a weird branding yeah, issue. Yeah, it's a weird branding issue, but it you I when I would go on the East Coast and when I was in high school on the East Coast and had committed to Cal and people asked where I was going to college, they I would say, Yeah, I'm going to Cal and they'd say, Where's that? And I'd say, UC Berkeley say, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, or like you're in a taxi cab in DC and this happened to me and I was, he goes where'd you go to school I said I went to Cal he goes what's that I said, oh, UC Berkeley he goes excellent school yeah so it's like this weird branding issue from if you know it it's Cal if you don't it's UC Berkeley and it is the flagship UC which is why it is Cal and at the same time it doesn't seem to translate exactly but I uh, yeah, I hope that's changing. It's kind of it does. It, I think people just like that LA style. It's like, yeah. all right, I got LA on my shirt. It means I'm, you know, been there and visited, and yeah. I've been down to SoCal. I got yeah. that Hollywood vibe. So but, I think I think that's what it is, right? It's more of a it's it's more of a money making standpoint. Like you're you're just gonna sell more of those than versus something that says Cal. And you know, I've I grew up in Korea, so I when I went back after my freshman year, I'm wearing a Cal shirt and. Or Cal sweater, I think. Um, and someone asked me where I got it. And I said, oh, this is my school. And they're like, what school is that? And I was like, Cal. And they're like, uh. And I said, UC Berkeley. And they're like, oh, wow. You, you're a UC Berkeley student? <laughs> um, and, like, you know, I wrote, um, like, I interned at an accounting firm. And one of the guys that was interviewing me when I was in Korea looked at my resume. And he said, um, like it's just I just wrote University of California and then underneath I wrote Berkeley, but I don't think he saw Berkeley, right? He just saw the University of California and he was like, "Oh, where's that?" And I was like, "Oh, it's it's uh, it's in it's in California." And he's like, oh, "Okay, so you must visit LA often." And I was like, 
I was the first step. I was like, kind of, like, <laughs> kind of. And he's like, oh, isn't it close to LA? And I was like, no, 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 that's UCLA, like University of California, Los Angeles. They're in LA. I were I'm at the University of California, Berkeley, which is in Berkeley, which is six hours north. It's closer to San Francisco than it is to LA. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. Now they understand it. So, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a marketing standpoint issue, right? Is if but then, like, as we just talked about, like, if you had an Under Armour, two Under Armour sweaters, one that said UCLA and then one that said UC Berkeley, some people might actually get the UC Berkeley one, right? But if it says Cal versus UCLA, like, it's just the allure of LA, I think, as what you were saying. I think that's the bigger marketing standpoint. And in terms of making money, you just want something that more people are going to want to buy. Granted, that's not to say – I mean, I and I said this to um, one of the Twitter guys uh, I, yeah, I can't remember who I said it to, but I what I basically said was, if we start winning, if we start winning, and our and our just our marketing and our brand starts to get better, if Jared explodes over like the next two or three years, right in the NFL, if Jalen, if Ivan explode in the NBA over the next th- two to three years, then. Then I think we can go back to you know, the Under Armour guys and say, hey, let's revisit this deal. Like, I, th- I think we deserve a little more from what we've done, right? Versus right now, all the accolades are coming in for UCLA, right? You know, the, they get to better bowl games than we do. You know, I'll tell you what. They play in the Rose Bowl, so on and so forth. That program's dirty. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, like, <laughs> piss anyone off, but this will piss someone off. Some UCLA people off. There's no way that someone can convince me. I watched the recruiting tape in interviews from some of the people that they bring to that school and the dropout rates that they're seeing from their programs and the, the BS that's going on with P. Diddy and the coaches and getting in fights or what in the world? Snoop Dogg and all this. Man, what, what is going on? That program is not clean. It's not the well-run organization that I'd look at and be like, yeah, that's the one I can get behind. I think... I have questions about I have questions about that program. Whereas, but I'm with you. It's a it's a branding thing. It certainly doesn't help that Mr. Rogers says Butte College all the time because he's still a little hurt about the Tedford stuff. No, but he did tweet about us when it was like March Madness time, and he did tweet at Jared during, on draft night as well, and he re- hashtag Roll on You Bears. And I feel like there's a little kindling fire maybe, underneath them. Maybe, maybe a little start. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe a, a former running back that you know works on Telegraph down here, uh, or on, I mean on Broadway. Uh, maybe he can talk to Rogers a little bit. You see Justin uh, today? Work. I posted on Instagram. That's right. Yeah, he's working out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. And Medlock, Justin Medlock, the UCLA kicker, is always at Memorial Stadium. I saw him there kicking one day when my buddy and I were out there, and he's like just kicking field goals. That's cool. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. Or right, one I'm more. One more interesting thing to note about past alumni. Uh, Javid Best. He's apparently trying out for the Saint Lucia Olympic uh, track team. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just read that today. Um, and kudos to him. I mean, he he was one hell of a fast guy that we saw. He was great in track in high school. Yeah. And at, well, he ran at track Salisian. at Cal too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, while he was here, he ran track. He did a Calfani. He ran track here as well. And then apparently, I guess, after his NFL career was did over. Did Shane too? I don't know if Shane did. Um, but Javid was the... I know I know Javid did track for sure. Um, yeah, he was like all state at Salesian. And yeah, he was then, lightning fast. Is it, does that mean his responsibilities with Cal is limited? Or 
Has he graduated too? He okay. has. He has. He was a. I think he was a grad assistant last fall, and then since he's graduated, he can't be a grad assistant anymore. So, who knows? Maybe he'll come back in a few years after his you know tries to make the Olympics and so on and so forth. Hopefully, he makes the Olympics. No, I mean that'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, I would definitely be. Now I know someone that I want to root for other than Usain Bolt, like <laughs> running in a track meet. You know, um, so. Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica. Go, Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really hope he makes it. I think that'd be really cool. That'd be really, really cool to see. Um, and then the last, the last bit of news for us to end is uh, Cal volleyball player Savannah Rennie, uh, who was looking for a liver transplant. Uh, she was out of the team. She was back home. I think she lived in Washington. Um, and she was back home, uh, and she was getting ready to get a liver transplant. She apparently went through surgery yesterday, and everything went successfully. Um, every doctors apparently have said that everything's looking great, everything's adjusting fine, and apparently today she started walking a little bit. You know, getting a little bit of exercise to get that wound wound to heal. Um, so she is back on the mend. Oh, um, this is great news! It's great news, great news. Um, and Steve Kerr apparently gave her a little shout out today too. Someone asked him about it, and he said, um, "All my prayers are with her, and I'm I'm." glad that she got the surgery that she needed to of course for those that don't know steve kerr's daughter maddie kerr is a cal volleyball player um and so apparently they're friends as well of course they are um so yeah i mean great for her and uh all our thoughts and prayers are with her with for the speedy recovery to come back and uh throw down a few more spikes 100 percent. all the best to her and her family yeah and that is the best news we possibly could have ended on yep and so that wraps it up for us uh, we will be back next week uh, with more Cal News. Hopefully, hopefully it might be as exciting as it was today. Um, Are we setting the bar too high? I don't know. I don't know. I was talking to I was talking to Adams today on Twitter, and uh, apparently he went out to lunch or he went out to dinner and came back, and then Charlie Moore had committed. I went out to lunch today and came back, and then Davis Webb news like officially broke. Um, so I think every. Every Tuesday now, I'm going to go out for lunch. Or every Wednesday, I'm going to go out say, for lunch. Sounds and, like we got to go out to yeah, eat more and, often. This is going to become a superstition now uh, <laughs> to see if we get more guys. Uh, but as yeah, as we always end, um, yeah, you can find us on CaliforniaGoldenBlogs.com. You can find us at, Cal, at GoldenBlogs. Um, you can email at us at CGBBearCast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Rob11HWNG. Uh, you can find Andy stuff written on the website as... A.W. Johnston. There it is. His pen name. There That's my pen name yeah. for a little while here. No Twitter, but I'm thinking I might bring it back. Yeah. All I'm right. just not sure the world's ready for to hear my <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Don't worry. There's a contingent of Cal guys that'll protect you. <laughs> oh, Cal Army will be in, out in full force. All right. That wraps it up for us. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. You know it! What? You did-